Welcome to the Second in Command podcast, produced by the COO Alliance and brought to you by its founder, Cameron Harold. In the Second in Command podcast, we talk to top COOs who share the insights, strategies, and tactics that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. Our guest today is MindBody Inc.'s President and CTO, Sunil Rajasekhar. Sunil has served as MindBody's Chief Technology Officer since November 2018 and as its President since August 2020. With more than 20 years of consumer and enterprise experience, his work is focused on the company's product and technology strategy, consumer marketplace expansion, and platform development. Previously, Sunil served as Vice President and General Manager at e-commerce giant eBay, leading engineering and product management for the seller experience. He has also served as Chief Technology Officer for Lithium Technologies and as Vice President of Engineering, Product Management of Operations at Intuit. He holds his MBA from the University of Toledo. Sunil, welcome to the Second Command Podcast. Thank you, Cameron. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to do this. Um, Strangely enough, I've used your app in a number of countries. I was recently over in Italy and we were like, where the heck are we going to find yoga? And my fiance was like, well, let's just go on MindBody. I'm like, you're not going to be in Italy. Yeah, you were. And it was like dead simple, super clean. We show up and, sh- and the, the first thing the woman even said to us when we walked in was like, did you use MindBody to book us? Like, yeah, like this is just amazing. How many countries are you guys in now? We are uh, in a lot of countries. So um, we actually have offices only in a few. So we are obviously in the U.S., we have offices in Australia and the UK, um, but we are actually used in a, a lot more countries than just the countries that I mentioned. And it's usually customers finding us on the web and wanting to use our software, uh, wanting to be on the marketplace. So um, I couldn't even give you an exact count because it's not something that we've been actively pursuing. It's all happened organically, but I, I would say it's probably close to 100. Wow, that's amazing. Are you covering multiple languages and stuff on the platform or is it all just English? No, we do have uh, multilingual support. So that's something that we built in we built in quite early. Okay. And that's that's paid off. Amazing. All right, what was it that got you to um, to join MindBody and then after you tell us that, can you just give us a walkthrough as to what MindBody is for anybody who hasn't heard of it yet? Yeah. So uh, Cameron, if you're okay, maybe I'll do that in reverse yeah. because why I'm here is tied very directly to what MindBody does. Please. Uh, so MindBody is uh, the world's leading platform for the wellness industry. So uh, we have two uh, pieces to our overall platform. Uh, one piece is the B2B software. So this is software that a wellness business uh, can use to run and grow their business. So think of it like a ERP type software uh, to run a wellness business. So this allows these wellness businesses, whether they're in fitness or integrative health or whether they're a salon or a spa, it allows them to set up their classes or set up appointments, uh, take online bookings from their consumers, uh, set up their staff, uh, run marketing campaigns. Mm. And we've continued to add more and more functionality. So we, we, we just recently launched MindBody Capital, which allows these businesses to use a platform to raise, to raise money, to run and grow their business. Uh, so that's just an example. So we're continuing to add more and more functionality to our platform. So it has everything from software you need to run and grow your business, you know, engage with your consumers, raise capital, manage your payments. So it's really fully functioned. So that's one piece. Then we have the marketplace, which is what you were just referring to that you used in Italy. Thank you for using our software. Feel free to use more of it. 
Uh, and this is a direct-to-consumer uh, play where we have a marketplace where consumers who, whether they're traveling or uh, they're new to the wellness industry and they want to look at hey, what options are there in the neighborhood, uh, they can go to our marketplace and it's, in, you know, it's available on the web. It's also a Apple um, you know, iPhone app or a uh, Google Android app. You can use that app to go you know, do a search, uh, find you know, whatever you're looking for, and then go ahead and, and book and purchase as well. So we have these two pieces. Of course, they're all they're all integrated. It's part of one giant platform. But I would I would break it out into those two pieces just to you know explain how it works at the next level. Uh, and then now uh, talking about why I'm here. Uh, so you know I've been in Silicon Valley for over twenty years, and you know we uh, all of us in the tech industry are lucky to be here at this time. There's no dearth of opportunities, and uh, it's true for everyone in tech, and it was true for me as well. I came to MindBody for three reasons. Uh, reason number one, and probably the biggest draw to me, was the space that we're in. Uh, so everything that I mentioned, right? The uh, idea of being able to connect the world to wellness uh, was very, very appealing to me. Because mm. uh, we, we all want to do great work in the fields that we're in, but we also want to have a big impact. Right? And uh, MindBody gives uh, me and the rest of the company the opportunity to do meaningful work, to do interesting you know, work, to work on you know, marketplaces and on AIML and all these interesting things, all in service to connecting the world to wellness. And that was very, very appealing to me. Uh, wellness personally is, is something I focus on uh, quite a bit. I, I flamed out, I burnt out early in my career and I ended up um, you know, pivoting my focus. You know, this is when I was in my early 20s. Uh, to wellness quite a bit. I realized that you know I, I didn't have an anchor point and the shift to wellness was personally very, very meaningful to me. And uh, I started meditating every day. I started working out and I'm, I'm not the one to lift like 500 pounds at the gym, uh, but I still go and you know I do yoga, I, I work out um, and all that's become a very integral part of my life. So the idea of doing that at scale and helping others discover wellness, reason number one, strongest reason, Reason number two is um, we have an opportunity to build a multi-generational company in the wellness space, right? The way I look at wellness, it, it's at the same level um, as healthcare and, you know, and, and education. To me, the whole world should have access to wellness, right? And, and that's not the case today. There's, very, um, there's a very small percentage of people who get to experience wellness, you know, go to classes and, um, you know, get a personal trainer, um, but it really shouldn't be exclusive, right? How do we make that available to all 7.7 .7 billion people in the world? Uh, so to me, that, that's the big, you know, a big mission. Uh, and there's, there's good for the world that comes out of that. And out of that, you know, we, we have the opportunity to build a multi-generational company that's like at a Google level or a, you know, or a Facebook or a Amazon. Uh, so that opportunity was very, very appealing as well. And then the third reason, uh, and I think this is a byproduct of what our mission is, which is connecting the world to wellness, is that the people who work at the company uh, are, are different. Uh, they, they have a uh, you know, focus on, on wellness and they're motivated by that mission. So it's not just about, hey, how, what do we do for the next quarter? It's about, hey, what can we do you know, to further our, our overall mission? So Amazing. I love the, the people that work at the company. So those are the three reasons. That's amazing. I, I want to go back to something you said about flaming out with stress 20 years ago. Our, our timing on this is interesting. I was written up in the Wall Street Journal in the fall of 2020 
as someone whose career flamed out because of stress and I uh, was clinically redlining. So I'm, I'm curious what happened to you? What was, what happened and what were the, what were the signals or the, the symptoms that you saw now that maybe you didn't see them at the time, but that you can tell others to be aware of? Yeah. Yeah. So this was um, in my early twenties, I was living in New York at that time. And when you're in your early twenties, um, you think you're invincible, right? You can do whatever you want and you're going to be fine. Uh, so I had a high pressure job. I was working at Oracle and uh, I was working crazy hours. Um, and then I also had a lot of friends and, um, you know, and having fun was a, was a priority too, right? It's, it is for uh, most people in the early twenties. So I, I was trying to do it all. So I would work crazy hours I'd work on the weekend and I would go out every night with, with friends. Uh, and wasn't really taking care of myself, wasn't watching what I eat. And then uh, a lot of times, uh, even if you, your mind doesn't know that um, yeah, you're heading down you know, a wrong path and you're burning the candle at both ends, uh, your body will tell you. If your mind mm-hmm. doesn't tell you, your body will mm-hmm. tell you at some point. And that's what happened to me, Cameron. My, my body told me I ended up just breaking down. And the stress was too much. I had irritable bowel syndrome. I ended up losing a lot of weight. Uh, and I ended up needing to take like four to six months off just to recenter myself and come up with a new system for, you know, how I, I needed to live. So uh, I wasn't, you know, flaming out. So it took me a while to figure out. Uh, that was a I, book I read at that point, which was a turning point for me. Uh, coincidentally, the name of the book was The Mind-Body Connection <laughs> uh, by a person called John Sarno. Uh, and it talked about, and the book was about you know, back pain and I know John. Yeah. Have you read the book? No, but I know John. I've met him at uh, a Genius Network event and he's talked a lot about his concepts for us. Oh, is that right? Well, I would love to meet him uh, because his book was, you know, a a game changer for me and helped me get back on a a good path and and really recover. Because there was a time where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to come out of this. You know, I was seeing a lot of doctors and they basically said irritable bowel syndrome means we don't know what's wrong with you. So we don't know how to fix it. We can give you some high level you know, tips and guidelines, but yeah, we basically don't know how to fix it. It's your um, nervous system basically being out of whack. Yeah. We, we, and John Sano's book was the one that told me that the thing that crosses that is uh, the mind-body connection and it's stress. And yeah. that's what got me going down the path of meditating every day and you know just recentering myself and working out and taking care of uh, myself overall. So Did you have, I, I had the irritable bowel syndrome stuff as well. And it very, very similar, like long hours, crazy days, drinking, partying every night, waking up at seven, doing it again, thinking I was invincible. I weighed 40 pounds heavier than I do today, which was like, I was not a good look. Um, so but did you have that kind of metallic taste or something at the back of your neck? Does that ring a bell to you at all? No, I, don't, I did not have that symptom. I, I, don't I, just, know how, I couldn't keep anything down. Uh, I don't no know how to explain what it was, but it was almost like at the back of my neck, I had this like, almost like I was chewing on tinfoil or something. And I, I talked to a physician about it and he said, he told me, he said, you're clinically redlining. Your body is secreting something to tell you to slow down. Wow. Yeah. Scary stuff. All right. So you, you join mind body. What do you think that they saw and was it Josh and, and the board hiring you or Josh and the leadership team? What did they see in you that, that they wanted to bring you in? Yeah. At that time, uh, Rick Stolmeyer was the CEO. He was the, uh, is the founder of the company. 
Uh, he um, stepped down uh, around a year, a little more than a year ago, and Josh uh, took over as CEO and I took over as president at that time. Uh, so he's the one who was my hiring manager. Okay. And um, yeah, and the board was uh, involved as well. Um, well, I don't want to sound too presumptuous, but uh, I suspect that uh, the reasons why um, they thought I was a good candidate. One was uh, I was very open about um, my personal motivation for seeking this role. Uh, that was number one. Um, number two was uh, yeah, the experiences that I've had. You know, I've been very conscious about building out um, you know, my experiences, you know, I've worked in, yeah. um, in the consumer space, I've worked in enterprise, I've, I've worked in the SMB space, and uh, all of that, I've worked in marketplaces, and all of that was directly relevant to what MindBuddy was trying to do. We have really large enterprises that we serve, uh, like Orange Theory Fitness and F45. These are, you know, really large companies. And then we also have a lot of uh, SMBs, uh, small, medium-sized businesses that we're serving. And then we have a marketplace. So uh, I, I've worked in all those spaces. So uh, there was a lot of direct applicability between my experiences and what MindBody was trying to do. And mm. on a personal level, I clicked with everyone that I met. So I think those are the three reasons. Makes total sense too. How is the transition then when you, you know, come in under that first CEO and then you have a second CEO coming in, you know, two years later, how is that transition for you? And what do you think you learned or how did you have to adapt? Yeah. So um, Josh came into MindBody through an acquisition. So he was CEO of a company, um, Booker, which got acquired by MindBody. So he was already at the company when I joined and he was the chief uh, strategy officer at that point. And he and I had built a, a deep relationship um, even during that time when, when Rick was the CEO. Um, and, uh, you know, Josh does a really good job of building out uh, personal relationships, um, you know, even before, you know, you, you start leaning in on the work relationships. So we, we used to spend a lot of time, you know, just grabbing a drink or grabbing a coffee. So we ended up uh, becoming friends and uh, in addition to just being colleagues. Uh, so that base was there. So uh, mm -hmm. when Rick stepped down and we stepped into our new roles, it felt very natural because we already had that, you know, that, that relationship and, and it didn't feel awkward or unnatural it felt in many ways like a continuation of what we had already built. Interesting. All right. So on the on the B 2 C side with Mind Body, as a consumer, you know, booking yoga or fitness classes or spin classes or whatever, it's a very clean experience. Um, it's very kind of Apple esque in terms of its usability. Clean, simple, fast, and easy. Is the back end as clean, or is the back end kind of messy? And you're you guys are are really making it look good, but is it tough on the back end, or have you really got it dialed? So Cameron, the reason uh, you're asking this question leads me to believe you know the answer. No, uh, the I answer just is no. It, it is not that easy. Um, yeah. Yeah, we we have a, a lot of complexity uh, underneath the covers, and the reason for that is um, yeah, our platform, uh, MindBuddy has been in business for 20 years, right? So um, as part of that, we've been building uh, features and products and capabilities over the past 20 years. So there's a lot of complexity there. You know, a lot of complexity comes from, um, you know, we're building out these modern experiences, but, you know, there's also some parts of our platform that are older and how do we make all of that work together, right? And a part of our platforms are super modern, like, you know, the marketplace that you're using. And thank you for saying that, you know, it's very Apple-esque, you know, and Apple's, you know, sets the gold standard when it comes to ease of use. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of work that's gone in, uh, into that. 
Uh, but underneath the covers, yeah, with the APIs and talking to the different systems and there's a lot of complexity. Complexity. It's interesting. I, I actually had that question down as how many years has it been in the making? When I was the COO for 1-800-GOT-JUNK, people used to think it was such an easy business. I'm like, you have no idea how long it took to get to the night before we were the overnight success story. So when did when did MindBody become that overnight success? Is it like three years ago, four years ago? Was it while you were there or just before or just yeah. after? I would say uh, there have been different phases uh, for the company. And given how long we've, we've been there, uh, there's been multiple uh, phases. Uh, I would say, um, you know, and I, I've spent a lot of time with Rick and, you know, there's a lot of uh, folklore even within yeah. the company on all the stages that we've been through. Um, I would say the, the first pivotal moment for the company was when uh, MindBody adopted um, uh, cloud uh, technology. Right. At that point, everything was like desktop and, uh, you know, um, uh, on-prem software. And then Rick, to his credit, um, made a decision that, and this was very, very early, you know, before Salesforce was a thing. And, you know, all, and now cloud is the default, but there was a time where it wasn't. And he said, um, you know, talking to others in the industry and others within the company um, that, hey, we, we need to adopt uh, cloud technology and, and move into the cloud. And that was, I think, when the business really took off because mm. it made it really simple for people to discover MindBody and to install MindBody and to start using it. Yeah, uh, so that was that was like a key moment. Uh, other moments, you know, when the uh, marketplace was introduced, um, you know, and then I, I would say we're going through, you know, one pivotal moment now. Uh, we just uh, announced the acquisition of uh, ClassPass. Uh, which is a, a direct-to-consumer uh, subscription uh, solution. So uh, people can subscribe to ClassPass and it gives them access to uh, tens of thousands of uh, wellness businesses. Um, so they can use the credits that they purchase every month to go to any of these uh, businesses. Are, so are you guys VC funded right now or are you, do you have funding? Yeah, so um, we were VC-backed and then we went public and then we took the company private. So at this point, uh, we are owned by uh, Vista Equity Partners, so we are uh, PE-backed. We we have other investors as well, sure. uh, but Vista is the the majority investor. Okay, so you guys are really starting to scale again. Amazing acquisition to just do that class pass one. On on the B two B side, I didn't realize that MindBody had that full B two B empowerment for all of these locations. What's your revenue split in terms of percentages? What percentage of your revenue approximately would be B two B, and what percent is B two C? Yeah, um, with uh, ClassPass as well, uh, I would say directionally, it's probably uh, 70-30. 70% B2B? Correct. Yeah, it's interesting. I I didn't even know that existed, but now it makes perfect sense. One of my former um, clients and a member of our COO Alliance, uh, they have a a company called Loud Rumor, and they do a lot of marketing for fitness Mm -hmm. locations, like F45 is a client in Orange Theory. They, They can do a lot of their outbound marketing. But, but these, these locations really do need this software to actually manage and run their business and platforms. I didn't realize that you did that. Is it clear to, to like in the fitness space that that is your, your niche? Like, did they all know that? Yeah. So um, we are the, you know, the most um, full-featured platform there is. Uh, and we've been in the market the longest. We have the most uh, market share. Uh, so I, I would say, yeah, people view us that way. I know. Um, but what they probably don't all know is uh, how much we are focused on this mission of building out, you know, a fully featured platform. Mm -hmm. Because our goal is, 
we want to get to a point where our customers, uh, they just have one platform, right? And they can use that for everything that they need Amazing. and it offers them all the capabilities that they need. And they don't have to worry about stitching together four, five, six, seven, eight applications to run their business overall, right? And for the wellness industry, and all of this is grounded in us serving our, our customers, right? And when you're running a wellness business, whether you're a large business like Ordinary Fitness, or you're this tiny studio and you have like two employees, um, where they're going to differentiate and where they're going to shine is by spending time with their consumers, right? With their clients. So any time that they're spending in the back office, you know, in a spreadsheet or trying to figure out how do they make these, all these different applications work together, it's time that they're taking away from being, um, you know, with their consumers. Um, so that, that's our goal. How do we make this so drop it simple that, you know, they can, they can focus on running the business. You know, one example I use quite often is uh, Uber, right? And Uber, you know, there's pros and cons to the overall business and we can, we can debate that. But one thing they do really well that we want to emulate is how easy they make it for somebody to be a, a driver on their platform. Yeah. Right? It, it's, there was a time where, hey, you needed a car, you needed insurance, you needed you know, a bunch of things. And they've continued to chip away and to the point where, hey, now they give out loans for you to get a car. I think they even give you the cars. Yeah. So you just need to come in, right? And they give you everything from, you know, the car, the insurance to um, even the clients, right? And you are, you are ready to go. You're in business. And you're in business. We want to do the exact same thing for wellness businesses, right? Where you come in with your, you know, for, with your commitment and your expertise and your passion, and then MindBody gives you that business in a box, right? And everything that you need to run your business, you know, taking payments to setting up classes or appointments to actually finding your clients, right? That's where the marketplace comes in. That's where ClassPass comes in. Uh, we want to be that business in a box. Well, it, and it's funny you brought up Uber. In the, in the summer of 2008, I brought Tim Ferriss and Garrett Camp to Burning Man for their first time. And I told Garrett that it was the stupidest idea I'd ever heard. And that was six months before he hired Travis to come in. I just thought it was such a, I didn't even understand what an app was, let alone how they were going to possibly build this thing out. Um, Amazing. Mind body capital though. Like the my ex and I used to joke about the best way to make money is to start a religion or a bank. Mind-body capital is going to be huge for you. Yeah, yeah. And again, all of this, everything that we do is grounded on what can we do to help our customers, right? And when we help our customers and they do well, you know, we're going to benefit as well. So this, yeah. is, uh, this is all grounded in what benefit we can provide our customers. And the reason Mind-body capital um, was something we started looking at is um, COVID accelerated, right? And for small businesses, Getting uh, capital has always been a challenge. You know, there are some uh, horrific stats around how long a small business needs to spend on a, you know, a loan application, right? And, and even after going through all that effort, a very small percentage of them get approved for the loan. And even those who get approved, it's not the loan amount that they sought, right? It's a very small loan amount. So yeah. that's always been a challenge. And then uh, COVID exacerbated it, right? Where there were not a lot of folks who were willing to give uh, loans to small businesses, and um, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of them went under. Um, and so, we wanted to help our, our customers with that issue, and which is what led to Mind Body Capital. And Mind Body Capital is a very different model. It's not a loan. Uh, it is a a way to give um, folks uh, advance um, uh, cash in advance of them. Um, 
actually uh, getting the revenue. So it's based on your future revenue. So we have all your data. So we know what sort of revenue you're going to be generating in the future, and we'll give you a cash advance. So like factoring uh, future revenue. Is it like a factoring company or? Um, so I'm, I'm not too familiar with factoring companies. I do know there's like a negative um, connotation to, to those companies. Uh, so I don't want to say, hey, yes, yeah. it's like factoring. What factoring I tell you lot. is uh, it is a cash advance right. based on your future revenue. And um, the way it works is and then once you, and you get an offer, there's no application, there's no credit check. We give you the offer based on what we know about your data. And let's say, hypothetically speaking, it's a $50,000 offer, right? You get to decide, hey, am I going to pay it off over six months or 12 months, right? And then there's a nominal fee. There's a fixed fee that comes out of it. And then um, the beauty of this model is um, it's a fixed fee, no matter what. So let's say, you know, COVID, God forbid, it doesn't happen. But if it happens and there's another shutdown, right? And my yoga business needs to shut down for a month. Um, the payment, because it's it's uh, deducted, you know, based on from your future revenue, based on whatever, you know, time frame you you've selected. Adjusts. Yeah, it'll just it'll just get it won't even adjust. It'll just get pushed out. So if you're closed mm. for a month, it'll just get pushed out. There's no increase in fee. There's there's no you know negative um, implication. It just gets pushed out. Yeah, so there's that, a, that's the model we rolled out. There's a company out of Canada called ClearBank that's doing something similar. I think on this. I, I'm, I'm intrigued with it because my sister runs a company and she's 180,000 people playing co-ed intramural sports that ties into um, the, the mind-body space for sure. I'm going to talk chat with her about it. Do you guys have any um, relationship with Mind Valley? Do you know Vision and his company Mind Valley at all? Yeah. So a lot of the folks that you've mentioned are people that uh, I'm aware of and I, on a personal side. Um, so I, I listen to Mind Valley podcasts all the time. I, I'm, I'm a big Vishen Latiani fan. Um, one of my favorite books in the last year has been Buddha and the Badass, <laughs> uh, which he wrote. Uh, and I, I also uh, read some of his other books as well. Same with Tim Ferriss, who you mentioned earlier. Uh, huge Tim Ferriss fan. Uh, I listen to his podcast every week. Uh, so a lot of you know things that they talk about, right? Continuous learning. And hey, needing to focus on your mind and your body, you know, to live a full, complete life. Those are things that uh, have had a huge impact on me personally. And by extension, it's something I take into the company as well. We so don't do have any business, you know, uh, relationship, no, but they've had, but they've had an implication on just how we think about the world and our mission. So, you know, I'm, I'm in Vinch Vision's book. He wrote about me and my vivid vision concept in his book. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so the reason I bring it up is, and I should introduce you if you're interested in chatting with them, wonderful human, yeah. great market. They've got about a 2 million, um, which is way small compared to what you guys are running with, but they have 2 million subscribers on their email list and in their marketplace that are, are that care about the mind body, you know, yeah. space. Um, but they'd be an interesting affiliate or partner or marketing partner or channel for you guys at some point, or, or just even a tie-in or to be on their podcast, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot we could do together. And at a personal level, yeah, I would love to meet uh, both Ferris and uh, Lakiani. They've had a huge impact on me. I'll, I'll introduce you to both of them offline. Uh, and Vision. Yeah. Vision's COO is also a member of our CO Alliance. Okay. So in tech right now, it has been really tough in the Bay Area for technology companies to attract talent because of, you know, the Google and PayPal and Ebay's like 
buying talent. It's almost like predatory pricing. And now it's like predatory hiring, right? They're just coming in and throwing money at all these people. How do you compete against them? Um, or, or how do you compete for that war on talent being a tech company? And then secondly, has this started to become more of a global issue now that employees can live anywhere? Like, is it, you know, now you're living in Ohio and, and the big companies are going to poach you there with the big salaries too. Are you seeing anything there at all? Uh, the answer is yes to both. Um, you know, the fact that uh, there is a war on talent, especially in the tech world. And now, you know, with COVID, it's, it's across every industry, but it's always been there in the tech world and it's, it's gotten even more intense. Um, so yes, we, we, we do have a challenge with finding and retaining uh, top tech talent. Uh, the thing that we have going in our favor is the mission again, right? The, the reason why I came, I would say it's the number one reason why others come to MindBody as well, because of the fact that this is a chance to help um, people connect to wellness and actually have you know a direct line of sight between the work that you're doing and somebody feeling healthier, you know, fitter, more confident in themselves, right? And that's that's very very meaningful. So. Um, you know, and I frequently talk about how, hey, we, we attract a lot of missionaries as opposed to mercenaries, right? And um, that's, that plays to our favor. Yeah. Uh, but having, having said that, you know, um, we, we, we do live in the real world. And when, you know, folks come calling and they, they throw obscene amounts of uh, money, uh, it, is, it is a challenge, right? And uh, we've managed to keep uh, our top talent. We've lost some along the way. And, uh, you know, and in a perfect world, we, would, we wouldn't lose anyone, but we, we have lost some. And I think it's just the reality of the world that we live in. But we've kept a lot of our top talent. And I, I think it's because of this whole missionary versus mercenary uh, point that I just made. Yeah, I think so as well. When people deeply care about what they're building versus just, you know, they're building some IT, they actually, it matters to them. How was the, I was going to ask you about the, the impact of COVID on the business because, you know, well, I guess again, it's only, no, it'd be hundred percent of your revenue really got impacted with that. When, when your, your customers are really operating fitness locations and they had to shut down for that period of time, what was that like on the business? Um, how did you manage the emotions and the fear of all the employees that were probably freaking out. Uh, walk us through some of that. Yeah, um, yeah that was really tough, Cameron. Um, our business uh, was and is directly impacted by COVID, right? Because all our um, customers have uh, storefront locations, right? And this is yoga classes where they're bringing people in uh, or, you know, salon and spa, right? And um, so... Um, March of last year was when this all started playing out. Right? And we, we all uh, who've lived through this will remember March really well. Uh, there was a time when uh, I thought that, hey, this is a, this is a quick thing. And uh, in a couple of weeks, it's all going to turn around. And then I think it was around the uh, end of March where it struck me that, man, this is more serious than we thought. Um, and then we started seeing all the closures and our, our businesses, uh, our customers, all ended up shutting down very quickly, right? And yeah. uh, their business all went from you know hundred to zero in a matter of days. Um, and I was very worried. Um, there was a phase where I was worried about our customers, I was worried about the company, I was worried about our employees. And then um, you know there were there were signs even then that uh, we are going to be resilient and things are going to come back. One, one example was that a lot of our customers started getting creative. Yeah. Right. They started offering classes outside, 
a lot of them adopted, uh, you know, virtual classes, right? And um, we very quickly put out a virtual platform that our customers could use to stream classes or, you know, record videos and then make that available on demand for their uh, consumers. Um, so I saw how creative and resilient our industry um, was and is. Uh, so that gave me a lot of confidence. Um, you know, a personal experience that I had, I remember, um, you know, walking by a, a studio where uh, folks were working out inside. And, you know, this was a time where we were not supposed to be doing that. And I'm not, you know, um, um, advocating for us to do this. Yeah, we, we do need to be careful. Uh, but just seeing people who are working out despite uh, being asked not to, you know, told me that, hey, this isn't, you know, something optional, right? Wellness isn't optional. Back to my mm. previous point, it's at the same level as, you know, education and, you know, and healthcare. Uh, and folks, you know, are going to find a way, right? And I personally started doing a lot of streaming. I started hiking and uh, people find a way, right? And um, to me, it, it led me to believe, and I have a lot of strong conviction on this, is that uh, even though, yes, we've rebounded quite a bit, um, there's a lot more that's going to happen and we're not just going to rebound. Uh, it's going to be much higher uh, than we were, you know, in 2019 pre-COVID because I think if anything, um, uh, COVID has proven it, it's that we all need to focus on wellness. And like we were chatting before the, you know, the podcast started, Cameron, it's not just about physical wellness, it's about mental wellness as well, right? And there's going to be a wave um, and a lot more people are going to be focused on, you know, the, the mind-body connection and uh, focusing on, on that uh, in addition to all the other things, right? Like family and work, uh, personal focus on wellness is going to be much, much more important. Uh, it already is, but I, I see that yeah. trend continuing to grow and it's going to be good for our customers. It's going to be good for our business as well. That was the single biggest frustrating thing for me with COVID was shutting down of fitness facilities and gyms and yoga. I'm like, these are healthy people trying to stay healthy and we're trying to shut them down and tell them to get medicine. This doesn't make any sense to me, Yeah, but whatever. Uh, um, the, the class pass acquisition, was that easy? Was it? Uh, it, it well, it, it's a big acquisition, so mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, it uh, took a while. Uh, we started the conversation a long time ago, you know, um, even we, we've been partners for a long time. And even during those conversations, every once in a while, you know, we would be doing these hard negotiations on, you know, contracts. And there would always be the, at some point, you know, we should, we should think about, uh, you know, how we bring these two together because it was so complimentary. We're both solving for growing the wellness industry. ClassPass has a heavy focus on bringing uh, new uh, members into the wellness industry. Um, and, you know, that's something we've been focused on as well. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of synergy when it comes to our mission. The, even though the words are different, if you look at our mission statements, they look very, very similar. Uh, so it's all about growing the wellness industry. We just approached it from different uh, ways. And mm -hmm. so we approached it from, a, hey, we're going to help the businesses get up and running. And then we have a marketplace for new people to discover it. ClassPass was like, hey, we, we want to create this membership. And we know there's a big you know, segment of consumers who are looking for that type of offering where you know, they want to discover right, and try a lot of different um, modalities and then pick one. And they're going to be some who are like, hey, I want to continue down that path. Right? So they went after that segment. And the, the thing that I keep telling people is there's 7.7 .7 billion people in the world. They should all be 
participating in wellness. And there isn't going to be like one model that they're all going to be using, right? right. Uh, all 7.7 billion are going to use Apple Fitness. Well, that's not going to be the case. Some segment will only want virtual and they like Apple and they will use that. Great, do that, right? And that's, that's wonderful. Uh, there's going to be one segment which loves going to the yoga studio down, you know, down the street and that's all they want to do. Awesome. MindBody has you know, solutions for those businesses and those consumers. There are going to be some who want to go to that yoga studio, but hey, I also want to augment that with, um, you know, with Pilates, right? And I want a little variety. We can, we can support that as well. And some who also want to do virtual, we can support that as well. So it's not like there's going to be one company that solves the world's needs. Um, 7.7 billion, that's a lot of people. There's a lot of solutions. And uh, we are approaching it with a different lens, which is we want to help these SMBs and boutique fitness and wellness providers. And that's who we're going we're gonna to continue serving. And ClassPass and MindBody are focused on that segment. And were you, were you really merging these two companies together or was it an acquisition and they're going to remain as a standalone under a parent company? Yeah, so um, the, we just closed the deal a couple of weeks ago. So it's still okay. early days. Okay. Uh, the high level of thinking is, um, yeah, there, there's going to be synergies, right? So um, there are, there are um, some customers of ours who will benefit from ClassPass, right? And we want to make sure that they're aware of that. It's, it's optional, of course. Uh, but we strongly believe that once they look at the value that ClassPass provides, and again, back to the Uber model, we can plug them in with new consumers. ClassPass is another way to plug these businesses into new consumers. Um, so we, we strongly believe that once they learn more about it, that they'll want to adopt that, and that, that's going to help our consumers. So we will have ClassPass running the subscription business. So that's going to continue, uh, but we, we will continue to find synergies, again, all in service to how we can help our customers. How, how about merging the leadership teams? Like, are you, you know, I'll just pick an example, but, you know, you have a, a C dot something or a CFO or a CMO. Let's just pretend it's CFO, right? And, and just so anyone listening, we're not merging finance together. We're using this as an example. Um, but how do you have the discussions with the finance group at MindBody and the finance group at um, at ClassPass and talk about merging them together and who's going to get left out or who's going to get replaced. How do you think through that and, and have those discussions or, yeah. or will you need yeah. to? Yeah. So finance is actually an easy one um, because we, we do know those teams are going to come together. Uh, we're not going to have two sets of books, right? And in the medium term, it makes sense for us to have uh, one set of books, right? And it makes sense to have one closing date, one way how we do forecasting and planning. So those are coming together. Um, Timing-wise, it worked out well because our the MindBody CFO, um, and he's been with the company for a while, uh, Brett White, incredible colleague, uh, he, is, uh, he, he made it very clear that he was stepping down and okay. he, he's retiring. Yep. Uh, so uh, and when this happened, you know, ClassPass has a CFO, Tom, who we really like. So he's taking over uh, as the CFO and the teams are coming together and there's going to be one, one uh, finance team now. We're having a similar conversation across multiple functions. Yeah, marketing and probably. Some teams are going to yeah, stay separate. Some teams are going to come together. Uh, and the way we're looking at it is um, we want to solve for um, accelerating the business, accelerating the value we can bring to the industry. Uh, that's the number one priority, right? And the integration will follow that. If it makes sense, if we need to go fast in this area and we need to bring these teams together, we will do that. We're not approaching it inside out, which is like, 
but we have these teams. Let's focus on bringing the teams together. We're doing it, you know, uh, customer back. Yeah. Right. All right. I want to go back to the 21, 22 year old Sunil. You're just graduating from your undergrad. You're getting ready to start off on your career. What advice would you give yourself back then that maybe you know it to be true today, but you wish you'd known, you know, at a much younger age? Yeah. So um, for advice number one would be don't burn out. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, I wish somebody had told me that um, I wasn't invincible. I don't know if I would have listened, uh, but I wish somebody had told me that. Uh, I think another thing would be, I don't forget to have fun and, you know, and be grateful and live in gratitude. Uh, and, and something that I've, I've tried to do ever since I, I burnt out. Um, uh, and I try to do it to this day. You know, I have a gratefulness exercise that I do every morning where I, you know, I spend time thinking about all the blessings I've been given, right? And, you know, the, the fact that I was born to the parents that I was born to, and they were, they were wonderful. Um, you know, my, my sister, you know, and my, my wife and the kids. And I spend time thinking about all of that and just being thankful for all of that. I also believe that, you know, what you focus on is what's going to grow. And it's so easy to fall into that trap of, oh, man, this is a problem. Oh, I have this issue at work. Oh, I had this disagreement. And it's so easy to get caught up in that. And I still do, right? And um, it's not like, hey, I've, I've, uh, I've ascended to a level where, I, you know, none of that bothers me, right? And that's when I think you become a saint. And this is why Buddha and the Badass is a book that really resonated with me because it talks about you can do both. Right? You could be a badass when it comes to business and have aggressive goals and go after it and work really hard. Um, but you don't have, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive from just being empathetic and kind and being like Buddha. Right? So I love that uh, idea that you could do both. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. And for me, that's a daily challenge. You know, there are some days where I do well with that balance. And then there are some days where I'm, you know, where I don't. And I, I get caught up in, you know, in my own negative cycle and then, you know, it takes me a focus effort to get out of it. Amazing. Sunil Rajasekhar, the president and CTO for MindBody. Thanks so much for sharing with us today on the Second Command podcast. Really appreciate the time and the insights. Of course, Cameron. Thank you so much. Time flew. Uh, this was a great conversation and I'm looking forward to continuing it outside of uh, the podcast. Thank you, Sunil. You've been listening to Second in Command, brought to you by COO Alliance founder, Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our other podcast streaming platforms. For more best practices from industry-leading COOs, visit COOalliance.com.